It's no longer trying to rape my lower back. You guys been writing? <laughs> I actually, I, I did a little bit of slight editing on the the last uh, short story that we were talking about. Well, that's yesterday. related to writing, so yeah. bravo. Yeah, so I did a little bit of that. That's about as, as that, close that was as, it. That's about as close as I got this last week. You came in real hot with the excitement, and then yeah, it just nope. kind of petered off there. <laughs> yeah. it just died. Well, the other day when I I was texting you, I said I'm gonna try to get some writing done, and I did. I got like 1,200 words. Yesterday I was a little inebriated, so no, mm. I didn't. I didn't do any writing. Um, and today I wrote a sentence before you came over, Ooh, but then it? you came over. So was it a good sentence? No. Do you remember it? What is it? I don't want to. I don't want to say. It was bad. I said the guy's name three times in one sentence. <laughs> wow! It was only an eight-word sentence. <laughs> oh. he's in, and he's in a room by himself. Yeah, he's in it by himself. And he's looking everywhere. He's looking at everything. What about you, Ashley? Oh, you know. Hitting the paper? Been... Yeah. Yeah. You were writing the it's... great American novel there for a minute, and you were uh, you were very excited about that. Then I had some nasty health things happen, and I lost momentum, and now my brain's still retarded so now you're buried in the sand i am yes for shame you all right there you know i I, I live for shame yeah i'm gonna add that sound too to the uh the rape part (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i think we discussed this before on the podcast about our upcoming drunken collection that we're gonna do ash has uh, contributed a story to it the story i'm writing is gonna be longer so that's gonna really pad out the length and then i have another story uh then two more i'm gonna work on and i think that might do it for me because i have a longer one on the site i'm gonna add i don't think i told you this ashley i'm gonna start uh some of our stories like you had that one that dealt with the woman uh in a bar and there's like some kind of fucking monsters or something that kind of fits the theme, yeah. so I'm going to throw in a couple of those from the site. Right on. Yes, and then, you know, we'll have the DPW originals, which will just be for the collection only. So that just leaves you, Spencer, who has uh, the story you just wrote. Yeah. And then you have two more stories, and uh, I don't know what you're doing after that. I'll let you know when I figure it out. <laughs> this was your idea, by the way. So you better get on no. it, buddy. <laughs> I'm an ideas guy. I'm not an idea doer. Like I was supposed to be writing my book. Penguin already hired me, and they oh, said, yeah. "Hey, buddy, write this book, three books, and you're gonna be." And I was like, "No, no fuck S- you guys." Spencer wants me to do a thing. <laughs> Take that incredibly unrealistic hundred thousand dollar book deal. Shove it up your ass. Because Sideways. I got a short story collection for DPW that needs done. I don't got time for you guys. <laughs> for your bullshit. Kiss me bollocks. <laughs> Um, Rape my lower back. <laughs> oh, good lord. And now we have to put it in. <laughs> yeah, because now it's canon. I'll do like a nice little musical intro for that. I don't, I don't, maybe like the more you know, you know, the do do do, whatever, the shooting See, I star. I going to go more of the Alex, Alex <laughs> G. Jones G. Uh, gay frog bit. Like, <laughs> gay frog bit. Turn the friggin' frogs. <laughs> no, we can't be doing that. Well, no, but just with the lower back, like. Just the lower back. Fuck my lower back. <laughs> he had the growl. Oh, yeah. He had the grunt, so we could. I could. Do, I could do a lot of things. It's just a matter of actually sitting down and doing them. Anyway, we got a controversial episode for you folks, so stick around after this beautiful intro music. Welcome to the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb James. 
rubbing the fucking bullshit. <laughs> With me today, Spencer, the horny harpy of Havana Church. Oh, yes, yeah, I, I, I like want to class that. it up. I'm yeah. a little mythological. Harpies do not exist in Havana, as far as I know. But why not? Yeah. Why not? Joining us from parts unknown, Mr. Ashley Hatter. How you doing, How are sir? You? I'm doing great. <laughs> if we didn't tell anybody, like if we just made up a name for him and he did that accent, they probably could think like we just had some like snobby book review or something. That's what we should do for our fancy episodes is just have him <laughs> on within the voice. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would know. Blimey. <laughs> I found this book shallow and pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can use that voice later because I have we have a good topic today. If you saw the title, which I am sure is clickbaity, this episode was Ashley's idea and Spencer, no, as everyone not, not knows, it's, it's 100% your idea. You came up with it. So if you don't like this episode, it's his fault. It's his fault, and you can find him in the streets of London or wherever he's at. In the parts of unknown. Mm. Parts of unknown. The Undertaker. Mm. Mankind's parts unknown, isn't he? I forget who. There have been a couple people from parts unknown. Yeah. Mantar, was he parts unknown? No, we're not going into that. Um, <laughs> so, Mr. I'm not going to put words in anybody's mouth, so I'll just summarize real quick. Mr. Hattor has uh, confided in me that he thinks Stephen King might be slipping in his writing, that his recent work isn't so good. Spencer, on the other hand, has really enjoyed his recent writing, but he is also not a fan of Sleeping Beauties. Yeah. So, um... There might be some wiggle room here for debate. Ashley, would you care to play your part first? Um, I'm sorry, Spencer. I didn't know he was going to do this. No, I, I I think he's an incredibly talented writer. I love a lot of his work. I've just I've also watched a lot of his uh, interviews, and a commonly stated fear that he has isn't that he won't know when to stop writing it's that when he won't know to stop publishing um seeing that like maybe the quality isn't right up there or maybe it's just not as good or you know maybe he's just being used for his namesake only and especially with i haven't read the the most recent the billy summers one but i did read later the uh, hard case book and that just it felt incomplete it felt like a padded short story with kind of two-dimensional characters which is really bizarre for a Stephen King uh, story because he's he's very good at fleshing out the characters and giving them interesting backstories and motivations and all this stuff but it just the the character never felt like he was actually in any danger the twist at the end was just it felt heavy-handed and unneeded and I was like man this just it seems is he self-realizing his his own fear of not knowing when to stop publishing I, I don't know maybe maybe it is I I don't know although I mean, that's a legitimate fear, I think, uh, for any writer or any creative person who's been doing their craft as long as they have and has made as big of a name as he has. Mm. He has. Um, and I've seen it, too, like, just even, like, with, like, the comics and stuff. Like, there's been people that's been writing and drawing, and it's like, okay, guy. Yeah. You, I appreciate mm. everything you've done, but now it's, I, hang think, it up. I think it's time to hang it up or, like, cut it back or whatever. I don't know if... Stephen King's there. Uh, I was. I also just finished reading uh, later, not too long ago, and I and I enjoyed it. I okay. I thought it was a. Uh, I, I mean, I give it to you. Maybe the characters weren't as uh, fleshed out as they normally were, but I I kind of thought that was due because of um just it's it's because it's like a harken back to like those old like um pulp like noir kind of of stories. Yeah. And like you normally don't get that kind of because you normally don't have the the room like 
And because like that, I think this book was like under 250 pages, which is, you know. Yeah. Well, like you no, said, felt like padded short yeah. story. So, so I mean, that that could probably have something to do with it. But though, I don't think I'd want to see, read that story longer. Like if, if that was a longer story, mm. I don't think. Um, do you think it could have played the same if it was just a sh- like a novella or short story? I mean, it was uh, almost a novella. You said yeah. it was like under 200. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would have worked better almost as a novella, just because of you know, spoiler alert, uh, the the references to the deadlights and everything like that. Yeah, and how it it, it could have worked in as a, a really interesting like it tie-in, mm. or you know, a, a dark tower tie-in or what have you. But I I don't know. It felt personally to me, it, it felt a little weak to stand on its own as a full and complete novel. But you know, that's you know, personal preference or whatever. But don't hurt me oh no i i mean and, <laughs> uh everybody is um you know has their own flavors and tastes and stuff and i don't never mind like especially like how when you yeah you just did you had a thought out put together like you know logical uh reasoning for why you didn't like something other than it was it was stupid. I didn't like it. <laughs> That's you know? one of Spencer's gripes in our classic literature group is people will just uh, they'll post because they like to post about Stephen King to anger the other folks and uh, someone always he sucks or they just say it sucks and they never give good reasons yeah. why. I got now I didn't read this I didn't read later but I got a feeling just from the synopsis and what you were telling me that it is like kind of like a throwback pulp feel. Maybe like a Raymond mm. Chandler type of deal. Has Stephen King written anything like that before? Is this his first time diving into that kind of stuff? He's he's done uh, the Colorado Kid and Joyland um, in these styles uh, for the specifically for the Hard Case Crime uh, publisher. So it's not new, and it was kind of a. I thought he did actually a really good job in later with giving that old feel, but at the same time, it was. I think it was happening in the current day and age because the kid uh, had a cell phone and everything, right? I yeah because it's it starts out as when the kid's young and I think he's like eventually becomes into like his like early twenties I think by the time the story's done and he's like because he's like telling it to you mm-hmm. and I also yeah. and I also was reading this like I can see like a sequel or something else coming mm-hmm. you know coming coming out of this but yeah uh now see like I didn't like uh Colorado Kid I didn't really enjoy that but Joyland. Mm-hmm. I, I really that was that's been one of my favorites of his like from like his his newer stuff I thought that was probably his best out of out of the hard case uh books that he's done were those two shorter right. as well yeah yeah they're uh, let me see I have a copy of Joyland right here how many pages is that it's like 300 pages max yeah very yeah, very so. similar to later and then Colorado Kid was a lot shorter. Do you oh, think yeah. those are written between uh, some other book, like how he does his short stories? He'll write those between other books and stuff. Oh, probably. Um, that's that's kind of what later felt like. Is like when when you mentioned that it it felt like it was there's a sequel due. It almost felt like it was trying to it was like a prequel book to something he's planning on later. Yeah, <laughs> later. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it, it definitely felt like maybe it's leading on to something. Like if it were to stand by itself. And that were the only book to exist regarding that material. It to me, it almost felt incomplete. I did appreciate the the self aware sense of humor, you know, tying back to the sixth sense and everything. But by itself, if there's not anything coming after, like a clear sequel, I think it, it it's probably not his strongest work by by far. Well, I uh, that thought died. The the most recent 
of his work I've read was Elevation, which is pretty much mm-hmm. a novella. That's pretty short. Uh, yeah. That's almost like a short story, almost. Yeah, that was like a hundred something pages. I didn't, and it was in that. It's a, that's it's like a weird small. It's like it's like a little coffee book. Yeah, I didn't enjoy yeah. that. Mindy actually read that as well. Uh, we read that on the flight to California, and well, I mean, politics aside, because he that was like a heavily because he's very political on. Yeah, you know, he's very far left on social media and stuff. But that definitely bled into the book. Um, there was a lot of those elements in there, but that's not even what really bothered me about it. It's just like, we know Stephen King isn't always good at endings, but yeah. that one, it, it didn't have an ending really. Like the guy, spoiler, he, uh, gets lighter throughout the book and he just like floats away. Yeah. Again, like if that was just another story and a collection of short, yeah. short stories, it'd be like, oh, that was kind of an interesting thing. What's the next thing? But it just kind of put it out on its own. I didn't really get that. Well, I think one of the most um, common complaints against Stephen King's recent work, because how famous he is and his name and whatever he puts out is going to sell, the lack of editing that goes on, the lack of him listening or following through with what his publisher or editor might say, uh, suggestion-wise... No, I don't. That could be completely fictitious. I might yeah. be wrong, and he might. They might have a strong impact on his writing. But a lot of people, and I agree, think that he kind of just writes whatever he wants now, and doesn't have a lot of strings holding him, in, you know, in place. So when he comes out with, you know, like you said, like a Colorado kid, normally a publisher might go like, "Hey, you know, this isn't the best, or maybe you want to fix this, make it longer, do something." They just kind of let him ramble or just release work now. That, or if it's like if they don't want it, somebody's gonna put it out. Yeah. Because if you're a publisher, you're gonna want to put out a Stephen King story, even if it might not be his greatest. Yeah, you're just gonna take it. Yeah. Um. So that could definitely hurt, and I mean that goes with like anything, like sports stars, like say fighters, for instance. You get a lot of fighters who, once they get rich and they become really famous, and even if they're a really good fighter, they kind of lose that hunger because they're not yeah. struggling anymore. They don't need to prove anything, and then that's usually when the decline happens. I think the same thing can happen with art. Like, a lot of the really good writers who wrote until the end fairly well, they usually experimented or changed styles or had something to prove, like Hemingway. He wrote that, I forget the name of that novel set in Europe. Well, fucking that doesn't narrow yeah, down. Yeah, right. Uh, the novel was, set in Europe. <laughs> set. war? It was like a shitty romance that, you know, pretty much he's the main character, even though he's not. But, you know, it's based on him. And it's just like a real shitty romance kind of novel. Everyone panned it. And he got really, really pissed off. Everyone said, Hemingway's done. You know, he's old. He sucks. And then he wrote Old Man in the Sea. So... You know, he had, he had something to yeah. prove. Now, some would say that also sucked, but he won a fucking po- or a Nobel Prize for that. So, you know, to each his own. I actually like the old man in the sea. But yeah. um, that was my favorite Hemingway work, actually. Uh, some of his short stories are good, too. But I can see Stephen King kind of, you know, he's in his 70s. Well, and and he- just cognitively, how well can you write yeah. without a publisher or an editor Kind of, you know, spotting some of the fuck ups and things like that. Well, you can you you can definitely tell between like his newer work and like like I always when I talk about like Stephen King, like uh, especially his early stuff, like those first I always talk about like the first five books. Mm-hmm. Like once you get mm-hmm. past Dead Zone, like those you can you can tell like there's just a feeling in like those first couple books where it's just like there's like an anger or an angst to it or something mm-hmm. like that and like now in some of his in his uh newer work i don't feel like it, some of that might be a little bit 
gone because obviously he's not a struggling writer yeah. anymore. Yeah. And, you know. And to be frank, just might not have that much to say. Yeah. Like he might have a story to tell, but the themes and whatnot that go into that story, like, you know, most people write like us, we'd write about yeah. working culture and struggling and things like that. Mm. Does he? I mean, he's been married forever. Like, what yeah. does he really have to write about anymore? His, his kids are grown. Yeah. I, he probably has grandkids yeah. now. Like, I do think that he has he has changed some things up over recently because, like, what he's been doing, like, as kind of with like later, he's been doing a lot of um, crime mm-hmm. stories, like the um, like the Mercedes mm-hmm. Killer trilogies. Yeah. I really that was I really loved those books too. Like, and other than the third one, none of them really had that much like supernatural stuff in in it. It was just really just like a hard crime, yeah, hard crime detective story. Um. The Outsider, it had more, you know, spooky stuff too, but in its heart, it was a detective trying to solve this case of this guy who looks like the coach of this baseball team murdered and raped this kid, but he couldn't have because he was at a teacher's conference like three towns over, or mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? And just dealing yeah. with with that, it just kind of depends on, on the story and, you know, what he, I think what he's trying to do with it. Right. Uh, yeah, and I, I think um, I, in many of his interviews, uh, he he kind of, and this is even back in the the '80s and early '90s, he kind of laughed during the interviews at some points and said, you know, at this point I can publish my laundry list and literally everyone would buy it. Yeah, and so I'm like, yeah, that that's about the point when you realize. I think that's the difficulty in becoming so well-known and popular is you kind of become a brand. And so everything you do is going to succeed, but should everything you do succeed is like, it's a a quality over like, it's really more a question of like honesty and stuff like that with, is this, is this work good enough? Can you trust anyone to tell you if it's good enough? It almost gets to the point where you're celebrated for what you have accomplished. Not what you did. Not what you're currently Mm -hmm. doing. And a guy like Stephen King, you know, he has fans that'll defend him to the very end, no matter what he does. And when you have that kind of echo chamber of constant people, like Ash was saying, you know, if you turn something into his publisher, they know it's going to make millions of dollars and they just want to get it out as fast as possible. Do they, you think those people really care how good it is at this point? Do you think they're going to be like, oh, Stephen, you really need to change this or do this? No, there's not going to be that much creative input. They're probably just going to be like, oh, spell check, grammar check, you know. Yeah. No big glaring plot holes. Go ahead, put that fucking shit it out. Make another one. Let's get a second one out this yeah. year. Let's bank some more money. Maybe we get a fucking Netflix deal. <laughs> like, that's all they care yeah. about. Like, big publishers, agents, editors, they only really care about the creative process if it makes them money. Yeah. For the most part. Now, you might, you might get an editor who's actually creatively inclined probably not at a big time publisher usually if it's like somebody you end up becoming friends with and then the agents the same thing like if you get a more popular agent who works with a lot of people they don't really care how creative your work is they just want you to make money so stephen king is so far beyond like where the normal maybe somewhat successful but not really well-known writer is that like that shit he could do anything he wants and you know his laundry list is going to make the bestsellers list well, I mean, what we we've read multiple times on how much we loved reading on writing, and that book hardly has anything to do with writing in it. Yeah. It's just like entertaining, yeah. like scenarios. Bi- biography. Yeah, but I think a, another uh, uh, important thing to look at when it comes to Stephen King, and this just might be just for me, and like what I like, because uh, like reading things, I hardly ever are looking for like. The deep metaphorical, like, 
nuances of the thing. I'm one something that's enjoyable that I'm not like I gotta try to read that and I gotta try to finish it. Like, like I said with later, like I read that in in like uh, in less than a week, mm. which is really good for me, especially a Stephen King book, no matter the size of yeah. it. Uh, and yeah. I guess I was just a, a fun, entertaining ride. I as I was reading it, I wasn't ever like you know I this character he's just. I like him, but he doesn't seem a hundred percent. Like you know what I mean. I never had like any of those thoughts well, while I while I was reading it. Here's what kind of separates like the literary readers from what I would consider you. You read for kind of the escapism and like you said, the enjoyment. No, that does not to say you won't read something deep. like we've covered classics and yeah. stuff. Like you, you like to get meaning from your books. But a lot of times, like, you're reading Stephen King, you know what you're getting into. You're yeah. not really expecting, like, these grand ideas to be played with too much. But a lot of the people with the biggest complaints tend to be, like, the literary snobs who, you know, they want all the fucking metaphorical meanings hidden deep within where you got to dissect and, you know, the Daniel Lewski bullshit fucking encyclopedia yeah. slash <laughs> shit book. House of Leaves, like, mm. you know, just a bunch of nonsense that you can decipher, man. You, you know, you just have to read deeper. Um, I get the feeling you didn't like that book. That's that's weird. I just, that, like, that pops up every once in a while in that classic literature group, and it's so hard for me. Just like shite, it's shite. Because somebody was recommending. Somebody was recommending. You just turned German. Somebody, shiza, shiza. Don't do that with the hand. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they, I seen like recently somebody was recommending. And it's like, oh, if you love blah blah blah, you'll really love House of Leaves. Check out House of Leaves. And I was just like, nope. It's like, don't do it. Like if you can read the main part of that book without all the other stuff, find an abridged version. I don't think it exists, but somebody needs to make it. You might enjoy the story. Yeah, which can be said about some Stephen King books that ramble on too goddamn long. Oh yeah, he. Well, that's a nice thing too. I, I it seems like a lot of his, like at least the last couple new ones, haven't been that big. It's been a while since he's wrote like a. Like a ridiculously huge one, like you know, well, anything didn't you past say, like four or five. Well, Sleeping Beauties wasn't; it was only like four or five hundred pages, right? I think that one was closer, maybe closer to six. But he also had Owen yeah. helping on that, which I feel who did the majority of the writing. Yeah, you said it that. was really, really slow at first, and the build-up was just yeah. long and boring, which is not good in any kind of context for a book. You don't want long and boring. Um, yeah. This I think a- that's that's something that Stephen King gets gets right. I'm gonna agree with that and say that that's his, one of his strongest suits is that even if like like with me the, with uh, later I didn't particularly enjoy later, but it read ridiculously smooth. He's a very good storyteller, and so even if the you're not a fan of the book, you can finish it. It's no effort to finish it at all. I mean, unless like you're squeamish and there's a lot of gore or something like that. If you're sensitive to certain materials, obviously maybe it's a little tough to get through scenes, but the story as a whole, the book as a whole, you're going to be able to finish that and be like, Oh wow. You know, I actually finished a book. It didn't take me three months. That's crazy. So it's, it's like, yeah, he's, he's got that going for him. So he's a very talented storyteller. I just, you know, the, the, the folks that elevate him to the, uh, the status of a literary God. I'm like, well, you know, not everyone, not everything everyone writes is gold. Like I could list off the Tommy knockers. Mm-hmm. Would, would oh, you yeah. really consider that like the greatest thing he's ever written? Really? And to be fair, King never, you know, said or tried to be the greatest. He just likes to write stories. Uh, that's mm-hmm. just something other people attributed to him is this literary God, you know, above the master of yeah. war. Like yeah. he just wants to write. I always considered Stephen King like a three-star writer. 
And what I mean by that is even if I don't enjoy something I've read from him, like a short story collection or whatever it may be, it usually just, like he said, you still finish it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it, you still finish it, and the read itself was good. You just might not like the story or, yeah. you know, the pacing, wherever things went. But usually the story is pretty good in and itself. So it's hard to say... Like, I don't think I've ever read anything from Stephen King that was like, oh, that was just fucking shit. I don't... Yeah. Elevation probably would have came closest, but I read that really, like, in a couple hours, and I finished it, and I uh, I just didn't take anything away from it. Um, I was I thought the ending was poop, and I just thought, like, the characters were kind of lame. <laughs> yeah. and the, like, the premise <laughs> was interesting, language, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, as far as just reading it, you know, you just fly through it. Now, some people don't like that. Some people want to read a book where they have to slog through it, and it's like H.P. Lovecraft, where yeah, you have the dictionary, sense. a thesaurus, and... You know, the Necronomicon all next to you so you can really decipher <laughs> yeah. what the fuck he's talking about. So as far as decline, though, you know, we kind of covered that. But that brings up the, the big question, though. Do you guys think he should retire? I know you don't want him to because yeah. you just want him to keep writing. Yeah. Um. And then I also don't think like and I think he's he's like earned that that place to where like only like. Like the Rolling Him. Stones. If he wants to put out new music, nobody might, you know, not yeah. many people will listen to it, but he can still do it. Yeah, if you, I mean, if he yeah. wants to write and put it out, and I think maybe you'll be able to tell if the sales stop slipping. Like, if he puts out a couple books that don't reach, like, the New York Times bestseller, then it's like, well, then maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe his stuff isn't, or maybe he should really start cutting back instead of doing, like, two or three books a year. Maybe he should try to do a book every two years. or Like, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm not going to tell him I'm, to stop. I don't, I I, I can't <laughs> tell him that. <laughs> what? You don't have that level of influence, Spencer? No, no, no I don't, no. <laughs> no, I, I think um, I would never wish uh, anyone who's passionate about doing any form of art to ever stop. My, if I had um, any amount of say or influence, it would just be that he gets a more honest editor that would be like, hey, you know, this story, I'm glad you liked writing it. Not the greatest. You know, I we we really don't want to necessarily put this out because it's not up to par even with like if it was rated against even his middling stuff, you know, and it's below that, Steve, you know, maybe maybe we hold off on this. Maybe it'll age well. Maybe we're not looking at it because you put it out so fast. Um, Maybe it's just too fresh. Maybe it needs a little time to, to sit and then we can look at it with better eyes. But I think getting somebody who's genuinely honest about, you know, not overhyping them and putting them up next to, you know, some sort of literary grandmaster, um, but being like, you know, Steve, you have a style, you have a reputation, you have these books that everyone knows. When was the last time you saw any book that was like, you know, from the author of the Tommyknockers or from the author of Duma Key or like you, you don't see those. You see Stephen King from the, you know, this book from the author of The Shining or from The Stand or from, you know, if it's more crime related, maybe uh, The Outsider or Mr. Mercedes. So that's that's more recent. But I think if you got somebody in there that that genuinely saw Stephen King's place in, in the history of literature and just kind of encouraged and, you know, said, well, let's pump the brakes on this one for right now. You know, continue writing. Go for it. We'll, we'll revisit this one later. So maybe your output's not as fast, but, you know, does does that really matter? You've written, like, what, 60-plus novels and all that stuff? Like, I, I think you're getting up there in age as well. There, There's no pressure, dude. <laughs> yeah. Just let, let simmer. Let it marinate a little bit. Well, let me ask yeah. you this. Uh, Which how- would probably be good because he doesn't seem like the kind of guy, like, if you would say something to that, he would be, like, like offended get offended or-, or anything by it. Like, he seems very... 
live old and down yeah. to earth when it comes to that kind of stuff. Well, how much did yeah. uh like all right, Colorado kid, that seems to be unanimously not like. Yeah. How much did that book cost? And you know, retail not like 10 like 10 bucks maybe. So $10 for that and you said it was only like 100 pages or something yeah, very it short. Was, yeah, very short. So here's where the real problem is. If he's going to release something like that and still like that's the, that's where the problem is is he's charging 10 bucks for a book that sucks ass is like not everybody has fucking 10 bucks to spend on something that sucks you're gonna have people that are very disappointed now if you just put that out for free or online for like a dollar like the shitty indie publishers on twitter do like <laughs> you you could make a case where okay maybe the editor wasn't necessary to come in and give all this feedback and stuff if it's something he's just like oh, i'll just you know maybe they tell him hey you just put this you know fucking free to the yeah. fans put it online somewhere you know something like that now I mean, not every book's going to be good. So you mm. could write a big-ass novel, and it turns out it sucks. And But, you know, you spend how much how much of your time writing that novel, and people are going to buy it, and they will be disappointed. And that's like, oh, I don't know how you go about that. Because it's like, okay, I released dog shit, and now I feel really bad because people paid for that dog shit, and now my stock has dropped as a writer. Mm. But Stephen King's stock isn't gonna drop as a writer, really. I don't yeah. see because his fan base. Well, even and even if it, even if it did drop, it's still higher than yeah. the average, you know, for the most. So he, part. he's always gonna be able to send that, you know, sell that ten dollars shit book. That's the problem. So whether you tell him, hey, this book isn't very good, maybe you should rewrite it or do this or that. Does it? I don't know if it really matters when you're at that yeah. level. Like, I don't know if that would be important to him. That's that's the obvious answer. Would be you know, hey, make it better. <laughs> uh, this book isn't very good. Make it better or give it out for free. But a guy like Stephen King, that's not that's not even really an option for him anymore, probably because like nobody's gonna tell him that. Yeah. Um. Or if somebody tells him that, like, he's not gonna probably care. I mean, I don't, would you like if you were that famous and you were you know you had that many books and your oldest dirt like would you really care if, <laughs> if some fucking random internet guy shit on your book i could probably have like the like literally the quarter not only in the amount of fame but amount of like work put out that he's done and i'd be like that's good for my career that's yeah. enough like like stephen king has done such a good job of making you know his brand and becoming a successful writer that he shit out a kid who's a successful writer yeah. and has his own brand. The, what, that's what uh, I've never talked about before on the on the episode. That, like, I'm always waiting for whenever he does, unfortunately, pass away. Like, how many more years are we going to have of of Stephen King's thief come out? Because When they pulled that fucking binder. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we know how prolific of a writer that he is. And you know there's going to be like... You know, either wholly finished books that never came out or, like, mostly, you know. And what I hope, I hope there's some stuff that's, like, not quite finished and, like, Joe Hill, like, just types it, it, you know, just punches it up a little bit. I feel like that. That's that's the book (laughs) I want to read. I want to read the Joe Hill, Stephen King co-written book, Mm -hmm. not the Joe Hill, uh, the, the Stephen King, Owen King uh, Sleeping Beauties, like I want, I want a Joe Hill and a and a Stephen King uh, novel. I think that would be that would be crazy. I want the Shining Three. Have... Get your yeah, shine would... on, yeah. and it'll be like I the would... fucking uh, to, <laughs> to Kill a Mockingbird sequel that was just like really <laughs> racist and shitty, and everybody hated it. It's like, how pissed would everyone be if he had like he was sitting on his magnum opus that made like the Shining look like dog turds? And, like, it, it made the stand look absolutely horrible by comparison. Like, he wrote some sort of grand literary book 
that he never published. Just wait until and, he's dead to put it out. Yeah, he's like, you know, wait until I'm dead for 10 years and then release it. And I was like, oh, man, that would, that would be great. I would love that. He's going to be like the Tupac of, of, of writing when he dies. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. What if he had a whole filing cabinet of just literary great fiction that he never released because he was like, oh, I'm Stephen King. Nobody's going to take me seriously because, you know, my literary work. And so he just never released it, and then it just turns out. I was like, oh, wait, he's like fucking F. Scott Fitzgerald. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. He's just been putting out his actual shit work for years, and he left the great <laughs> stuff in the, in his closet. I'm actually kind of surprised he hasn't tried the uh, different, like, pseudonym again, like, after the whole Richard Bachman stuff. Like, Maybe he did. You just don't know. Maybe. Do you think James Patterson's real? What about for just the whole time? <laughs> what, about, what about the whole time Dane Coons has just been Stephen oh! King? <laughs> And the guy oh, with the gosh. fucking Muppet hair is just not, just a fake. Yeah, he's just a you know guy to do interviews and then stuff like that, signings and readings. <laughs> he's like the Mandarin from the yeah. Iron Man movie. He's yeah. not. He's just an actor. Oh, yeah. Oh fuck. Dean Koontz is weird looking. <laughs> I'm gonna say he I'm gonna go, a weird looking dude. I want to go on record saying Dean Koontz is weird. I never read any Dean Koontz yet. Well, um, I mean, uh, Stephen King's not nice to look at either. Like. He's, yeah, he's a bit strange. That's rude. Yeah, he's, he's a bit strange looking. He, he is a bit strange. He needs a beard. When he has a beard, he's all right, but when he does, he has so much upper lip. Jeez. Yeah, he does. He's got that, that massive flesh. It's like, no, that's that's a little too big. Your lip should have started that's like, the, like that, two that's, inches higher. Like, that's the perfect mustache lip. When you got all that space, yeah, then you can do yeah. that th- the thick mustache. The endless mustache. Yeah. What the, if you, like the Gordon mustache. What if you had all that lip, but you could only grow a little pencil mustache in the middle of it? <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be terrible. That'd be oh. terrifying. <laughs> okay. So creepy. Wow. Sorry, mm. SARS. So, the consensus is Stephen King will write till he dies. Spencer will buy his book till he dies. Ashley will buy his books till he dies and continue to bitch at the shitty mm. ones. And, <laughs> and I'm just like, ah, oh, they weren't as good as the other ones. Spencer will be sitting there. I mean, it wasn't that bad. It had monsters. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Spencer. And then Caleb will be the guy that doesn't read them. So <laughs> I'm working on it, guys. I'm working on it. <laughs> Wait until he's dead. And be like, oh, yeah, I finally caught up. This is awesome. Speaking of literary masterpieces, how far are you along in Coin Locker, baby, Spencer? Uh, I'm closing in on 200 pages. I haven't had as much time to read it as recently. Did you do the weird stuff yet? I mean, I think I got the weird <laughs> stuff on the first page. Yeah, I was about to say, that opens up with weird stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just wait, I, it gets got, weirder. I, I've got to meet D if that tells you anything. Nope. No, but it gets weirder. So anyway, that was our Stephen King Smackdown. I don't know what we would... Or debate, I guess. That wasn't really much of a debate yeah, conversation. We friendly. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody had like a thick Louisiana accent. I feel like you can't debate without a thick Louisiana <laughs> accent. <laughs> well, see here, son. Mm, I reckon. Mm. Um, Spencer, you are wrong. Completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do declare, I don't believe you are rightly in your good mind, sir. Where the hell did you get this fried chicken, son? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like everybody's. It's just the colonel. That's where. Yeah, pretty <laughs> that's, much. And that's their southern Kentucky. guy. Like, that's a thing. Yeah, yeah, he's not even from not Louisiana. Even Louisiana. See, I, I was thinking more of uh, Always Sunny. I'm just a simple bird lawyer. <laughs> bird law. <laughs> I'm just an expert in bird law. Well, if you folks want to check out our 
fiction that's of course way better than anything Stephen King's ever written. Oh yeah. By oh, yeah. far. Uh, I'm oh, talking Dean Koontz level minimum. <laughs> um <laughs> and that's just Ashley. Fuck. <laughs> Thank you, man. Wait till you read Space War Story by Spencer Church. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking top tier right there. The name should tell you right off the bat how good that is. Um, literary genius. Fuck. The metaphor is galore. Um anyway, you can go to drunkpenwriting.com for that. Uh, you can go on Twitter at Drunk Pen Writing, where I'm down to like maybe a post every other day. Like I just, it's, it's a, it's, Once a year, nobody even engages on there anymore. All they do is ask each other stupid questions, and nobody answers them. Like it's fucking <laughs> stupid. I don't know the point of Twitter anymore, other than to bitch about politics and stuff. So, um, got to get on that talk tick. Talk tick. I was, I thought about making like a book talk, but I don't want to. I don't. I don't want it. I don't want it. That's the thing. I just don't want it. <laughs> Um, I, I'm too old. Oh, oh I'm, I'm past the prime. I don't want to be like the fucking age dude who's like, hey man, you kids today with your talking to ticks? You, how, <laughs> how's that, that there electric boogaloo you're doing? Like, nobody fucking cares, dude. Um, do those fucking dumb faces and shit. Uh, you can also <laughs> go on Instagram. You just that dab in everywhere. <laughs> You can follow us on Instagram where, believe it or not, we actually post less than we do on Twitter <laughs> oh at drunk, Drunken Pen Writing. Uh, we should actually post more on there. We're going to a convention this week. I'm sure we'll have pictures. Uh, hey. 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 I met the Fonz once. Just by just yeah. throwing it out there. I met the Fonz. In the bathroom? <laughs> yeah. Whoa. That oh, wait. Work. No, that was Peter Dinklage. Um. Anyway. <laughs> just uh, walking under the stall. Under the stall. Uh, what's the other thing? <laughs> Facebook. That's also drunk and pen writing on Facebook. Um, Book face. It turns out on social media, we haven't been posting anything, Spencer. <gasps> you don't say. That we does not shocked. seem like us at all. And I never edited the, re- the Coin Locker Baby review I did for YouTube like six months ago. I never got around to editing it. It's still on my camera, and I'm probably never going <laughs> to edit it. I just, uh, I just don't want to do it, man. Just leave it, man. It'll be like one of those unfinished, unfound stories that Stephen King has. Yeah, when you die, you know, <laughs> 20 years from now, you're not going to be that long. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Next <laughs> week, maybe. I don't know. We're going fucking near Detroit, so it might be Saturday. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know what? Fudgical. I was thinking about starting either a podcast or maybe just start it with YouTube at first. Uh, some kind of like crime fiction thing where I just come up with gruesome crime stories I find on the internet and fucking read those off verbatim and just make a bunch of money so we can get better mics yeah. and stuff. Um, and dude, do... Mr. Ballin does that. Yeah, just go, just huh? go the Fago route and be like, true story and just make it all yeah. up. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? Nobody looks that shit up. It just doesn't matter. <laughs> There's so much. Like, I see the most successful podcast. Because cause that's what it is. Like, nobody wants to read fake crime fiction. They want they, they want they want to know that somebody actually died and they want to know the gruesome details because they're fucked in the head. Here's where everything went wrong. Dateline. Dateline made it so entertaining to watch murder. Yeah. Like real people's lives destroyed and families just ruined. And Dateline just made it like, oh, this is great. I'm going to sit here and eat popcorn and watch, you know, <laughs> babies get killed and stuff. And, you know, oh, the, 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 the lower back fucker 9000 or whatever. <laughs> Ash, Ash was on the loose. I don't know. Remember what he called himself. Again. You know, I guess we could end that episode now. Guess want to end the episode? I'm probably gonna. It's end like the full episode. circle. You brought it back to the uh, the lower back rape. That's, I'm pretty good at doing yeah, that's that. Skill, man. The lower back Whew. rape. 
Stephen King take notes. Jeez. <laughs> you know what? I'm That's gonna... how you wrap up a story, Stephen King. <laughs> I'm going to write a story about a chiropractic <laughs> rapist. No. <laughs> uh, oh. I kind of want to. That would be fucking creepy. You know what? No, going horror movie-wise, we have things like The Dentist. You know, horror, everybody's scared of The Dentist. Why is nobody scared of The Chiropractor? He's fucking cranking yeah. your bones. What if he's Dude, like Brock Lesnar in there, just, <laughs> just snaps you? I would love to <laughs> see that. I would you. It'll crush you. And then he, like, throws you in the dungeon or something. I don't know. I haven't fleshed it out yet. So, anyway, folks, <laughs> thank you for listening. And um, are we still using Stay Cheesy? That was pretty terrible. Uh, do we ever read something? Read a book, any or book at this point. I don't. Maybe write something. No, no. Is this still a writing podcast? It's the last time it's we talked about classy. writing a book. Technically, I thought technically it was. I really am surprised it hasn't devolved to just like best porn of the week. Like, yeah, you know, just reviews. <laughs> Porn reviews would be actually pretty funny. <laughs> I'd be down to watch that. The, all the reviews are just like two minutes long. I mean, to be fair, at Book Club, I had a quite the audience when <laughs> yeah. I read the, gra- the, <laughs> yeah. the dirty comics out loud to everybody, um, including the children that were present. Oh, uh, my God. That's for another day. Uh, see you later, folks. following content may contain scenes of a sexual nature. It's no longer trying to rape my lower back. 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 Turn the friggin' frogs! It's no longer trying to rape my lower back. Oh, I'm doing great. <laughs>